USA Wealth Group Inc. presents Money Wise with the Money Guys. Ray Lance and Pete Lance are your hosts for the next hour, talking retirement topics and having the retirement conversation for those at or nearing retirement. For more than 20 years, USA Wealth Group has been committed to helping families protect and grow their wealth. The conversation starts now. Welcome to Money Wise Radio. Good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome once again to Money Wise. First, we'll say good morning to attorney Michael Coleman. Good, good morning, morning, Mike. Good morning. And good morning to Pete Lance. Good morning, Pete. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. And we don't have any uh, female presence with us this morning, but that's okay. We're going to be talking about retirement accounts and specifically IRAs. IRAs are fairly complicated. Everybody thinks they know a lot about them, but there's a lot more to learn. Well, actually, I'd say most of the people that come into the office who meet with me uh, or with you um, don't know a whole lot. Uh, I met with um, a couple last week, and uh, they said that they sort of felt nervous and think, you know, they, they were thinking that maybe they should cancel the appointment because they were feeling like they should know a lot more than they did, and they felt nervous and silly. Um, they used a different word, but I told them that's not their job to know these things. That's my job and your job, um, and that's what most people come in feeling like. So if you're listening and you've been on the fence about whether you should come in and see us or see attorney Michael Coleman uh, because you feel silly that you should be um, a, an expert in these things, don't ever feel that way. Well, that's a good point, Pete, because we talk about that sometimes near the end of the show. You cannot be an expert in everything. And the offices here specialize and focus on estate planning and nursing home protection, which is what you do a lot of, Mike, Mm -hmm. and real estate transactions. It's complicated stuff. And I'll tell you, the other thing, just to add on to that thought, is the feedback that we get. And I know that, Mike, I've heard feedback on your end as well is that even if somebody comes in and they don't end up you know, doing anything, they feel so much better and that we spoke to them in plain English and that they actually now understand and have a much greater grasp on you know, estate planning or on financial advising and IRAs and whatnot. Well, we actually do that in a variety of ways. And at USA Wealth Group and the other related companies, we focus on retirement planning and IRAs and making sure you have enough money to live on and that you have an income plan set aside for you, and that you're doing everything you can to pay no more taxes than what you need to. So we do a lot of different kinds of things here, and no one can be an expert on all these things, which is why we have more than one person working here, right? That's right, there's a whole lot of collective knowledge in this office. (laughs) Otherwise I would sit cross-legged with a robe and and have a crystal ball in front of me and just dispense advice. Hmm. Terrible thought, isn't it? (laughs) You in a robe? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> well, anyway, thank you for making us a part of your Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to still tell you about ways that you can save taxes. We're going to talk about IRAs. So here's one very important fact to start out. It used to be in this country, when you reach the age of 70, you could no longer contribute money to an IRA account. Now you can. There's no age limit any longer for making a contribution to an IRA. There are some other regulations and some other requirements. We're going to talk about some of those today. But this means if you choose to continue working past the age of 70, you can still put money aside into an IRA account. So let's start with this because some people don't um, even know this is what is an IRA. And, you know, it's, it's a tax qualified account. And what that means is, and, and again, some people uh, weren't aware of this, that if you're a teacher and you have a 403b, uh, that's tax qualified. If you're contributing to your 401k, that's tax qualified. Um, and an IRA is tax qualified. And so what does IRA stand for? Individual Retirement Account. And anything that's um, tax qualified when you're talking about a traditional IRA, uh, your contributions, you get a tax deduction, um, but you must pay taxes when you take the distribution, uh, when you, you know, take it out uh, later on when you retire. So for the most part, a tax-qualified account, and we're going to focus primarily on IRAs today, but we'll have a little bit to say about 401ks and 403bs and 457s also. 
But and I was just going to say just the, the um, opposite of the IRA is the Roth IRA. It's, I say opposite, but it's still a tax-qualified account, but in a different way. You don't get that tax deduction when you contribute to a Roth IRA, but you don't have to pay the taxes on the distributions. So we're going to go into that in a little bit more detail because I have lots of people that come in and they say, I want to set up a Roth IRA. And then we say, well, let's explore the reasons why you think you want to do that because maybe you do and maybe you don't. But in any event, IRA stands for Individual Retirement Account, as Pete mentioned. And it has special things about it. It has special features when you set it up. It has special features when you take it out. It has special features when you die and you leave it to a beneficiary. There's different kinds of beneficiaries. There are, and the, the rules of, of those um, laws have changed as well. Uh, you used to be able to stretch out an IRA for the life expectancy of yourself, and you can no longer do that um, under the new tax law changes. So we've got some wonderful guides and things that we can pass out for you. The law firm has something called Estate Planning with Individual Retirement Accounts. Lance Law does. Mm -hmm. uh, that's produced by the American Academy of Estate Planning Attorneys, of which you and the law firm are a member, Mike. Correct. Yeah. And if you're interested in this, uh, send in a request to their website. And what's the website? I can't Well, you ever... can send it to our email address. You okay. can use info at lancelawinc.com. Or give us a call, 508-998-8800, and we can give you a copy of this report if you want. But it's a nice little guide. It has people on the front eating popcorn, so I guess they're watching a movie of their life or something. <laughs> but we also have some wonderful material that we've put together. We've got uh, various sources, and we have information on IRAs, which includes some of the following things. Uh, deductible IRA contributions for traditional IRAs. Does it matter when you contribute to an IRA? There's a table and there's a chart. How a Roth IRA works, how a solo 401k works, how a traditional IRA works. This is complicated stuff. We do a lot of work in this area. It is, and there's also all kinds of you know contribution um, limit guidelines that you need to understand, including the catch-up provision um, once you reach age 55. So there's all kinds of information. Uh, and we have charts on this. We also have... For the, from the law firm, um, we're going to have Attorney Mike Coleman speak about this after, but there's a whole guide here, a uh, handbook that we're happy to share with you. Uh, we can mail it to you, or if you want to come by the office and grab one, it's called Estate Planning with Individual Retirement Accounts. And we'll go into, or Attorney Mike Coleman will go into more detail on, on that a little bit later. So I want to give you a quick quotation from Jamie Dimon. He's a well-known banker individual. Hmm. Uh, I want to think it's Chase, but I'm not positive, which I'm embarrassed to say. He said, my retirement date, every time you ask me that, I'm going to say five years. I don't want to retire. And a lot of people don't want to retire or can't afford to retire, and they continue working. But what you do with your financial life, whether you create an income plan for yourself, will determine when you will be able to retire. So, Pete, let me ask you a quick question. What age do you think you should start putting money into a retirement account? 18. Exactly. Your very first job, you should start putting aside money for retirement. If you do, you're going to have a, a wonderful financial retirement later. Hmm. You start as early as you can. Jamie Dimon uh, was uh, or does work for uh, J.P. Morgan Chase, so you were correct. J.P. Morgan Chase, yep. Hmm. Uh, very famous banker. He helped, he helped bail out the country when we had some severe stock market crashes, by the way. He and some other bankers stepped up to the plate and extended credits and so forth. It's been quite a while since I've mentioned this, but um, I used to work with teachers um, exclusively. So I know a lot about 403Bs, and um, I would have some teachers who are fresh out of college, first year on the job, and they're instantly contributing the maximum amount that they can uh, to their 403B. And every single time I met with one of those kids, really, I would tell them that they are doing the smartest thing that they can possibly do and that they are going to be far better off for it when they go to reach retirement age than their friends if, if their friends are not doing the same thing. Right. So 
let's go to this important handout that we've got here that's available to give to people as well. And let's talk about the first subject, which is deductible IRA contributions for traditional IRAs. You can't always deduct money when you contribute to an IRA. Um, you have to be working. You have to have some compensation income coming in for that year. So the amount that you can contribute and then also deduct on your income tax return is the smaller of $6,000 or whatever your total compensation is for that year. So if you make $6,000, you can contribute $6,000. If you're only making $3,000, then you can only contribute 3000 If you're a married couple, by the way, you can double that. And the spouse who may not be working, for example, the working spouse can contribute on behalf of the spouse who's not working. So a lot of people don't realize that. They say, well, I'm working, but my wife is not, and uh, you know she has an illness, she has to stay at home, so I can only contribute $6,000, right? No, you can double that. As long as your income is $12,000 or more, you can contribute $12,000. You can do it on behalf of your wife. You well, can also make contributions twice in the same year for two different tax years. Uh, you just have to do it before filing. Okay. And... Let's go into that in just a minute, but let me just mention also that if you're more than 50 years of age, if you're 50 years of age or older, you can contribute another 1,000. And there are all kinds of different things with regards to age. Um, you can't take money out of a qualified account without incurring some expense other than for a few extenuating um, circumstances. Uh, so 59 and a half is the age where you can begin taking distributions without penalty. And then we'll get into some more details about uh, when you must start taking uh, distributions. All right, but I want to just clarify one thing. So the normal rule is you can take $6,000 as a deduction if you're making at least $6,000 worth of money. But if you're 50 years of age or older, now you can do 7000 hmm. And you can do it on behalf of a non-working spouse, and you can do 14000 if you're both over the age of 50. So we're going to come back to this in just a minute. Uh, we are going to take a short break. We've got a lot of material to cover today, lots of different topics. And uh, Albert Hubbard said, do not take life too seriously. You will never get out of it alive. We'll be right back on that pleasant thought. You're listening to Money Wise with the Money Guys, hosted by Ray Lance and Pete Lance. If you have questions about retirement, call today, 508-998-8858. That's 508-998-8858 for a consultation or a second opinion on your current retirement plan. 508-998-8858. And now, back to Money Wise with the Money Guys. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Money Wise. We're here with Pete Lance, Ray Lance, and also with Mike Coleman, attorney Mike Coleman. So, gentlemen, we've got a lot of material to cover. We were just talking about how much money you could deduct if you have compensation income coming in. Um, and it has to be compensation. It can't be just interest earned on an account. Right. It can't come from rental property income or child support. It can't come from um, dividends from your brokerage account. Um, can't come from Social Security, so it has to be earned income. So these amounts that I've just talked about are kind of important. So let's say you're over 50 and your spouse is over 50 and you want to contribute a total of $14,000. Well, but you also want to put some money into a Roth. Mm. You can't do both. Well, you can do both, you can do but both. You, can't, you can't do more than that total maximum of $14,000. Or 12000 if you're under age 50. Yeah, $7,000 a piece. So you could do... You know, if you're under age 50, you could do 3000 a year into a Roth and 3000 a year into a traditional IRA as long as you're earning at least $6,000. There are some um, contribution limits on Roth IRAs. If you have a really high income, you could have that amount be reduced or even eliminated, but only on a Roth. Just so, going back for a second. Sure. I don't know if everyone listening knows the difference between a traditional IRA and a Roth IRA. Okay. When we say tax qualified, we mean that it was taken out before 
I'm paying taxes on it from income? No, it doesn't necessarily mean that. It just means it comes under the category of being a retirement account that's defined under the Internal Revenue Code, okay. and it gets special treatment. So, for example, a Roth IRA, you don't get a deduction when you put money into it. On the other hand, when the money comes out together with all the earnings later, and again, the rules are fairly complicated, um, you don't have to report that as income later. So people say, gee, I'd like to put money into a Roth account because I don't want to pay income taxes on it later, but you are going to pay taxes up front. Right. You don't get a deduction for it. Why would it make sense to have a Roth IRA instead of a traditional? Excellent question. So save that for just a minute because I'm going to come back to that. And uh, let me get into something really quick with regards to the contribution limits that I just mentioned. I, I had to look it up because I knew it was $125,000 for a single head of household. Um, was $125,000. Your Roth IRA contributions are reduced. And in 2022, that number has changed, and that's what I had to look up to $129,000. Okay, so while you're looking that up, let me tell you that a lot of that material that you're looking up is actually right here, and we're able to give it to people. But you both have raised a really good point. Um, IRAs, 401ks, 457bs, Roth IRAs, they're fairly complicated. Mm -hmm. Yes, there's some basic simple rules that everybody can understand, but then when you get into the weeds on this, it gets to be a lot more complicated. For example, did you know, Mike, that you can have a retirement account at work, let's say it's a 401k, and you can also still have an IRA account, but there are some offsets. You can't do a full uh, 401k account with a maximum contribution and then also do a full IRA. Uh, the amount that you can deduct on the traditional IRA if you also have a 401k is gonna be limited. And there's a very detailed formula for that. There's a chart that shows how it, the deductibility for that IRA contribution phases out. This now starts to get to the place where we run the risk of losing our audience. Yeah, I think. <laughs> Never mind our participants. So I'm not going to go into more detail on that, except to say that we do have on page two of this 35-page report mm -hmm. a very detailed chart on and I'm not even going to go into uh, what MAGI means and so forth. It just gets more complicated. Mm -hmm. but Modified adjust gross income. If you, have, if you have questions about this, give us a call at 508-998-8858. We're not going to answer this over the phone because it's that complicated, but we're happy to make an appointment, sit down and review it with you and go through it. Oh, that's another good point. Um, you just said happy to sit down with you and go over anything that you want to talk about. Um, the same, uh, no, it wasn't the same couple. It was a different couple the same day, though. Um, new um, people who I had not met with before, and when I was done meeting with them, they said, now, how much do I owe you? And I said, oh, nothing. Um, we don't charge for our time here. And they were surprised to hear that. Um, and that's the same thing with uh, the law firm as well. It's the first meeting, the first consultation is always free as well. Mm -hmm. For the first consultation, yes. Beyond that, we'll talk to you about how we get paid. Mm -hmm. In some cases, if somebody were doing legal documents, obviously they would be paying the law firm mm -hmm. a legal fee for preparing an estate plan, for doing financial work. Uh, sometimes the payment comes from the company that we're helping people get invested into. Yeah, but we don't charge just to sit down and talk to someone. Correct. But neither do we work for zero. Right. Correct. You know, we have to get paid just like everybody else has to get paid. So in any event, we've got charts and graphs and comparison sheets and everything else. And I find it to be a thoroughly fascinating subject. I, When I go to bed at night, I don't read novels anymore. I just read taxes. <laughs> no, just kidding. Right now I'm reading Agatha Christie, and it's called And Then There Were None. It's about... Ten people who visit an island and they all end up murdered. Uh -huh. She was a great murder mystery writer. All of them end up murdered, so there was no. I believe murder. so. I haven't got to the end of it yet. <laughs> but it's 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 fun. It's a fun book. So Walter Cronkite once said, "I haven't quite got the hang of this retirement thing." A lot of people just don't want to retire. They don't want to sit around. Um, if you're going to retire, at least have some plans for what you want to do, so you've got some other ideas of. Things. Maybe you have some long-term goals. Uh, we can help you 
talk about some of that as well. And Ron Chernow, who's a, a well-known financial writer, said, there's a kind of fear approaching a panic that's spreading through the baby boom generation, which has suddenly discovered that it will have to provide for its own retirement. Because historically, people had pensions, and pensions don't exist that much anymore for most people. No, it's, it's a very much uh, uncommon compared to, you know, the uh, previous generation. And That's why all this IRA stuff is really important, isn't it? It is. You've got to fund your own retirement. Nobody else is going to fund it for you. And you have to know how to do it, and it's never too late to get started. The earlier you do get started, the better retirement you're going to have. Yeah, um, and one other thing, this is off the topic of qualified accounts and IRAs, but some people are very surprised and are unaware that if they have earned enough credits to earn Social Security and either are doing that at the same time as working at a job that is uh, earning them a pension, or maybe they work for the first 20 years uh, at a Social Security um, type of job, and then they go and work for the government, or they go and become a teacher and they get a pension, they're very much surprised that that is almost always going to reduce the Social Security benefit that you would otherwise receive. Well, it does in about 15 states. Unfortunately, Massachusetts is one of them. It's double-dipping provisions, and there's been a very active movement in the past, very organized movement, to try to eliminate that. So, for example, if you worked and you paid into Social Security and you had enough quarters to get a Social Security check, but then you became a teacher and you have a teacher's pension, why is it fair that you should have to have your Social Security reduced? It's not fair, mm. and I've never understood it. Um, it's called the Windfall Elimination Provision, or WEP, or the GOP if you work for a government organization, government offset provision. And it's not in every case, but in most cases, if you have a pension and have also earned uh, enough uh, quarters where you can qualify for Social Security, your Social Security is going to be reduced. And I tell people all the time, especially those who are really shocked when I tell them that, um, it's not fair, but it's what it is. So uh, I'll give you a very quick story. My father spent 20 years in the Marine Corps, and um, he had a Marine Corps pension. Uh, he fought in two wars, by the way, World War II and Korea. And he retired at a fairly young age from the Marines. Then he went to work for a private insurance company. They had a pension, but he also paid into Social Security. And when he retired, he actually had three different sources of income. He had a Marine Corps pension, he had a pension from the insurance company he worked for, and he had Social Security. And now you can't do that under current law in Massachusetts. I think there's a possibility when we have um, a change in administration about a year from now that we may see a repeal of that. I've been working with a few retirees from vocational school, for example, who are impacted by this. and. Everybody would love to see that eliminated. It's just simply not fair. The windfall elimination provision eliminated. And that actually started in 1983, the yep. windfall elimination provision. So does it matter when you contribute to an IRA? What do you think, Mike? That's what I was trying to ask before. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so the earlier, the better. If you're younger, would it make more sense to contribute to a Roth or a traditional? You okay. Think if you're making a lower income, you really want to ask me that question. So I'm going to answer <laughs> I think that if question. There are young people listening, they would want to know the answer. Yep. It's whether a, or not you could help them. It's a great uh, question. It's a great debate, and it really depends on. Um, and you can elaborate on this because I know you're jumping um, at the bit to talk about it, Dad. But it really depends on um, a lot of things, but especially your tax bracket now versus what you expect your tax bracket to be in the future, and especially. Uh, at retirement also. Yep. Or do you have a lot of income that came in in one year and not another year? Maybe you want to contribute more money into an IRA account because you get a deduction and you can reduce your income. Mm -hmm. But there's some more specific answers that I'm going to give you in a little bit. Uh, really quickly, uh, we said earlier that the earlier you can contribute to an IRA account, the more money you're going to have at retirement. So we have a nice chart here that says, does it matter when you contribute to an IRA? If you contributed just $6,000 a year and you did it uh, for 40 years, at the end of that time, compounding the 5% return only, 
you'd have $761,000 at the end of uh, 40 years. But if you wait until a later age to start that, you're not going to have that kind of money. You won't have the power of the compounding. No, and there's a chart that we have somewhere. I haven't seen it in a while, but it really does show, you know, if someone, and I'm sure that all of you at home have seen this before, if you, you know, set aside $25 a week starting at age 20 versus at age 40, the difference is um, really astonishing. So we're not going to cover all the different types of retirement accounts today. For example, we're not going to talk about a solo 401k plan. But when we come back after a short break, I'm going to answer Mike's burning question, which is how a Roth IRA works. What is it? How do you contribute to it? What happens at retirement? What happens at death? So stay tuned, and we will be right back and tell you all the mysteries of Roths. This is Money Wise Radio with Ray and Pete Lance, powered by the USA Wealth Group. Collectively, more than 80 years of experience helping clients define and plan for their retirement goals. To begin a retirement consultation, call 508-998-8858. That's 508-998-8858. This is Money Wise Radio. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Roth IR. Our IRA hour. So welcome back to Pete Lansk. Welcome back, Pete. Hello, welcome back. And a big welcome back to Michael Coleman, attorney Michael Coleman. So Mike, you were asking a couple of questions about Roths. Mm -hmm. A lot of people have this idea in their head that a Roth IRA has got to be better than a traditional IRA because when you take the money out, you don't pay any income taxes on it. Mm -hmm. Not only that, you can pass it along to beneficiaries, children, for example. They're not going to pay any taxes on it. But it's not everybody. Um, you can open it up anytime during the year. Um, and anytime between January 1st of the current year until the due date of the tax return, uh, which is usually April 15th, um, you can also convert a traditional IRA and switch it over to a Roth. But there's income tax consequences of that. You're going to have to pay taxes when you do the conversion. If you think about it, with a traditional IRA, you haven't had to pay any taxes on that money. Mm. So now if you're going to pull the money back out again, and maybe you got a deduction for it as well, if you're going to convert it to a Roth, the government wants its piece of it. But whatever gets earned on a traditional IRA or a Roth IRA is always going to continue accumulating tax deferred so you don't pay any taxes on it while it's accumulating and generally whoever owns the Roth is deciding what to invest it in and you can also do a separate spousal Roth IRA as you can with a traditional so but here's some negatives to it you don't get to take a tax deduction when you put money into a Roth Uh, the total amount you can contribute to it is limited and again it's this $6,000 or $7,000 if you're more than 50 years of age. And um, annual contribution limits, that is the amount that you put into a Roth, has to be coordinated with anything that you contribute to a traditional IRA. Hmm. So you can't put more than $6,000 total into the Roth and the traditional. Hmm. You can split it up. And then when you go to take money out of a Roth IRA, it's called a qualified distribution. If five years has, if the account has been there for five years, there's a five-year holding period where the money has to sit inside the Roth, and the owner has to be more than 59 and a half, or they become disabled, then you can pull money out of the Roth after the five years without paying any income taxes on it, either on the original amount you put in, which you didn't get a deduction for, or on any of the earnings. Hmm. So it has the potential to be a nice account that if you're anticipating more income in retirement, maybe this is something that works for you, Hmm. but it doesn't work for everybody. We have to sit and talk about analysis. Let's just talk for one second about what happens during retirement and what happens when you die. And then we'll go into any other questions. So let's say you've got the money in there. It's been there for at least five years. You wanna retire and then you can continue 
as long as you have earnings, you ha- again, you have to have earned income. You have to have a job of some kind. Mm-hmm. Not money from rent, as Peter mentioned, and not money from investments like interest. Child support, alimony, can't have any of that. But if you have regular earned income, um, you can continue putting money into a Roth IRA as long as you're alive. And let me just clarify, when I say you can't have any of that, you can't have that count towards um, your contributions to an IRA or um, to a Roth. You can be receiving alimony or child support as long as you are working and getting earned income, then you can still contribute. So do either of you gentlemen know the age at which you must begin taking a minimum distribution out of your regular IRA account? 72, but it used to be 70 and a half. Used to be 70 and a half. And with the recent pandemic, it was changed so that now at age 72, you have to begin taking minimum distributions from a traditional IRA. But guess what? From a Roth IRA, you don't ever have to take anything from it if you don't want to. I'm sure that there's some wacky reason, and I've never looked into it or researched it, why legislation decided that, you know, these half-year ages are what they chose, but um, you're not allowed to take money out of a, a qualified account before age 59 and a half, uh, other than uh, a few very specific reasons, as I mentioned. I, I don't know why they didn't just say 60. Um, and then it used to be age 70 and a half when you must take a distribution out of a traditional IRA. And again, I don't know why they didn't just make it you know, 70 or whatever, but either way, uh, it's now 72. Well, in any event, with back to the Roth for a second. So the money can accumulate tax-free, and you didn't get any deduction up front, but you don't have any minimum age that you must begin taking money from a Roth. Mm-hmm. As long as you're alive, you never have to take anything from it if you don't want to. And then as long as it meets that five-year requirement, when you take the money out, you don't have to pay any federal income taxes on it. And Roth IRAs are great because of that, but what I tell people, I mean, and there are some different circumstances as to why you may want to convert to a Roth IRA, Um, but for most people, they're going to be in a higher tax bracket now, and um, that may change. You know, you may have one year where, you know, you've been laid off and just collecting unemployment or something, but in any event, most people are going to be in a lower tax bracket when they are retired. So the benefit of the Roth may or may not be as as useful as people think. The main reason someone might want to justify um, a conversion is if the benefit of not paying taxes tomorrow uh, would be greater than the cost of paying those taxes today. So let me cover just one last point on the Roth IRA. So we said that you have to have some earned income in order to put money into a Roth. The limits are the same as they are for a traditional. You can mix and match. What happens when you die? Well, for state tax purposes, um, the value of the Roth IRA is part of your federal taxable estate. Most people don't have to worry about that because it's more than $11.5 million Mm -hmm. before you have to pay any federal estate tax. Massachusetts, however, has an estate tax, and they only have a $1 million exemption right now. Mm -hmm. And as long as you meet this five-year holding period that we talked about, whoever gets the money, a beneficiary, um, a surviving spouse, Nobody has to pay any income tax on that money. So I don't know. I suppose you could make a case and say that, well, gee, um, maybe I'll put some money in a traditional and some money in a Roth. We'd be happy to go through that in more detail with you if you make an appointment to come see uh, Pete or me. Give us a call at 508-998-8858. And what you just said is important. It's not for everybody. It could be very useful for some people. Um, and as I like to say, there isn't one person that we meet with that is like somebody that we might meet with uh, at any other given time. Everybody is a unique puzzle to figure out and uh, has a unique situation that's uh, best for them. Um, Speaking of, um, you talked about when you're passing away maybe in estate planning, we had talked about this at the very beginning before we started recording, uh, that we were going to have attorney Mike Coleman talk a little bit about estate planning with individual retirement accounts. An estate plan cannot own, cannot be the owner of an IRA because an IRA is exactly that, an individual retirement account. Well, like a trust, for example. If you had a trust, you can't have the trust be the owner of an IRA. Right. But Mike, you can talk a little bit about IRAs with regards to estate planning. Yeah. 
We there is a possibility of naming a trust as a beneficiary of an IRA. I've actually never done it because it's much simpler to have an individual as, as, as a, the beneficiary. As a beneficiary yes, but you can't IRA. make them as the owner of it, right? Right. So you can name a trust as a beneficiary. There are certain requirements that need to be met in order for money in an IRA to pass through to beneficiaries of a trust and to qualify them um, for their own income tax reasons. And that's fairly complicated. Yeah. So first of all, the trust has to be irrevocable or become irrevocable at the death of the IRA owner. Um, the trust has to be valid under state law or would be if it were funded. Um, the trust beneficiaries have to be identifiable by the terms of the trust no later than one year after the IRA owner's date of death, and a copy of the trust has to be provided to the IRA administrator. That doesn't sound all that complicated, but when you're dealing with an IRA, which is complicated in and of itself, and then you're dealing with trusts, and then you're dealing with an IRA administrator, all of that <laughs> is a good reason not to have a trust as a, as a beneficiary of an IRA. All of which to say is these rules are not meant for the faint-hearted. They're, they are complicated. I've got a whole chart here that talks about a traditional IRA um, under age 50, over age 50, single contribution, phase-out range, married filing joint. Uh, Roth IRAs, there's six category, categories on that. Then it tells you what's happened between 2018 and 2022, and it's like, who cares? You know, you, you're not going to go looking at this detailed chart. Naming a trust as a beneficiary of an IRA would be like a last resort if there were no individuals, you know, no children, no one else to name as beneficiary. I think it's always better to have an individual. Well, also a trust has a one-year useful life, mm -hmm. if you think about it. So all the money would probably come out at once. Maybe. Maybe, yeah. So it's uh, complicated. So we have we have these charts that compare different types of IRAs. Uh, like I said, it's not for the faint of heart. They go on for pages and pages and pages to compare them. And there's other types of IRAs that we haven't even gotten into yet, like uh, SEP IRAs for people who are uh, self-employed and have self-employment income. Um, there's, there's just, we've actually barely scratched the surface of what we could talk about. And people's heads at home are probably spinning already. And we've had a few people occasionally who will say, I want to convert my Roth IRA. I'm not going to need the money when I retire. I've got plenty of other pension money or Social Security coming in. I'm not going to need my traditional IRA. I'd like to convert it to a Roth. You can do that. We'll show you how to do it. We'll help you with it. You will pay some income taxes on it. So um, we've got rules on when it's a favorable situation to convert and when it's not a favorable situation to convert. More than what we can really talk about today we're going to come back um, after a, a few words from George Burns, who said, happiness is having a large, loving, caring, close-knit family in another city. So with that note, stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. We will be right back. Call 508-998-8858. That's 508 998-8858. This is Money Wise Radio. Money Wise is in many places. If you missed a minute of the show or want to listen to past episodes of Money Wise, go online to usawealthgroup.com and click on the radio page. That's usawealthgroup.com. This is Money Wise Radio. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a very erudite discussion of IRA rules. Boy, this could put you to sleep at night, couldn't it, Mike? Mm. So welcome back to Attorney Mike Coleman. Mike can be reached at 508-998-8800. Um, he does a lot of work with estate plans and nursing home and asset protection and real estate transactions. And Pete Lance, welcome back to you, Pete. You get some different uh, securities licenses now that um, you do work with mutual funds and securities and things too, don't you? I do. 
So here's a couple of really basic questions. We want to talk about what happens when you take the money out of a retirement account, a qualified account, an IRA account. What happens when you take the money out at before 59 and a half? Are there any exceptions? What happens if you take the money out after age 59 and a half? So prior and to where age. should you invest some of the money? Yep, and I've talked a little bit about that, that you cannot take the money out of a qualified account before 59 and a half. Otherwise, you get a penalty, and that penalty is 10%. Uh, I did say um, that there are some uh, circumstances where you may be able to without that 10% penalty. Um, one is, of course, if you pass away, um, there's no penalty. Um, if you become disabled, uh, if you're transferring into another IRA, a rollover, um, a rollover, by the way, can happen. Uh, you can do that every 12 months. Uh, you cannot do it um, in a shorter period of time than that, and that's not a calendar year. That means uh, exactly what it says, 12 months. Um, and we'll get into reasons why it's important to talk about rollovers and possibly do that, and including combining several qualified accounts into one uh, qualified account for simplicity. Uh, if you have deductible medical expenses, you can uh, not have to pay that 10% penalty. Certain higher uh, education expenses, if you are a first-time home buyer, but only up to $10,000, if you're a military reservist and you're called up to active duty, and then, you know, there's a bunch of others, but another important one is if you uh, have a new child. So let me ask Mike a question. Um, Mike, if, if you um, have an IRA account, let's say it's a traditional IRA account, and you die, um, how much money can you take out? Zero. <laughs> Because you're dead. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. But what happens to you? <laughs> I had to try to stump you with that one, Mike. What happens if you have a named beneficiary? Well, like you said, it's complicated. It is. It used to be that a child, you know, generally speaking, a child could stretch distributions out over their lifetime. If the benefic if the IRA owner was taking distributions, then the child would have to take distributions. So let me clarify that just one second. So if you die and you left a child, um, let's say it's an adult child, for mm -hmm. example, right. um, first of all, they would have to start taking minimum distributions. Right. And secondly, they could stretch it out over their life expectancy. Mm -hmm. But then that changed, didn't it? The SECURE Act changed that so that there are only certain exceptions, but in general, a child uh, who's more than 10 years younger, which hopefully they would be, <laughs> um, would have to take everything out over a 10-year period. I'm glad so you in other words, clarified that. <laughs> in other words, if you have a $500,000 IRA, instead of a child being able to stretch that out over their entire lifetime and only take distributions right. every year, smaller amounts, they have to take that whole amount out over a 10-year period, right? even if they don't want to. And my understanding of the rule is they, didn't have to, they won't have to take something out every single year during that 10-year period. They just have to exhaust They could it. wait until the end of the 10-year period and take it all out at once. Okay. And what a tax disaster that would be because right. tax rates would probably be even higher at that point. And that's why we, you know, 99% of the time recommend uh, stretching that money out over that 10-year period that they now, quote-unquote, allow you. There are certain exceptions to that rule, so a surviving spouse can still not, you know, do the 10-year rule. Um, a disabled or chronically ill person, a child who hasn't reached the age of majority yet. Okay, let me, let me just then, jump in for one second. So if you are a surviving spouse and the beneficiary of, of somebody else's IRA, um, you can take the money out over your own life expectancy. Mm -hmm. You don't, you're not restricted by this 10 year period. Well, you could roll, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but could you roll it into your own IRA and then just take distributions you can, as you would normally? You can, yes. Okay. And then a person not more than 10 years younger. So right. if you're a child, <laughs> you would be yep. more than 10 years younger than the IRA account owner. Right. So that was part of the SECURE Act, the Setting Every Community Up for Retirement Act or a Retirement Enhancement Act. Mm -hmm. I don't know how that helps people for retirement when they're well, forced to take money out of these accounts and pay lots of income taxes. Exactly. You know, I should explain to everybody listening today that um, as we sit here at the table, we've got two screens, four microphones, and the entire table is filled with papers, mostly in an organized fashion. But we really have a lot of material that we draw upon when we 
sit here and talk to you. This is a complicated subject. Um, I think it's a fun subject. Just want to remind you that the law firm has a document called Estate Planning with Individual Retirement Accounts. It's uh, actually produced by the American Academy of Estate Planning Attorneys. And visit the website for the law firm or send an email. Oh, uh, what's the email address again, Mike? You can use info at lancelawinc.com. Okay. Or you can call the office at 508-998-8800. And somebody will be happy to send you a copy of this brochure, this handout. Mm -hmm. Very useful information. It's not terribly intimidating. And it would be hap uh, helpful to you. A gentleman named Anthony Burgess once said, Laugh and the world laughs with you. Snore and you sleep alone. Hopefully nobody's snoring today and <laughs> absorbing some of this really helpful information. But the fact is, for a traditional IRA, when you reach age 72, Pete, you must begin taking minimum distributions. And there's a formula for it. If you don't take it, then there can be a really significant penalty. The penalty can be 50% of the amount that you did not take. And we have seen that happen several times happen, yeah. with people, and they didn't realize it, or they they snoozed on it and just waited too long, and, and it's, it's a really big hit. But yes, there is a formula. Um, it's based on your age and, of course, the amount, and uh, the amount goes up every year. So let's talk really quickly about some of the things you can invest your IRA into. You can stick it in the bank. We've got a lot of clients with money in banks right now in IRA accounts, but they're only getting one-tenth of one percent or two-tenths of one percent interest even in CDs. A bank, a credit union, uh, you can put it into annuity contracts. That's a proper holder. We do a fair amount of that kind of work. Um, they're retirement annuities, and they're issued by life insurance companies. Uh, they can guarantee regular income at retirement, or they can accumulate for you until you have to withdraw. They do all the calculations for you when it comes time for you to take your minimum distribution. Uh, you can have taxes withheld. You can have the money directly deposited into your account. So it's something you don't have to think about a lot. If you have parents who are older and have qualified accounts, make sure that they are taking their RMDs. Um, and Which is a required minimum distribution. Right. And uh, it's also, if you have it in a brokerage account, make sure that your financial advisor is um, checking to ensure that your RMDs are taken every year. Um, make sure that you have that conversation with them and you know have it with us if you wish. Um, one good reason for annuities is you can actually, what I like to call this, it's not an actual form that's called this, but I like to call it the set it and forget it form. You can fill it out one time and say you want your RMD taken on a certain date every year. The insurance company will automatically um, create that uh, formula for, the, for you every year and give you that distribution so you don't have to think about it which is especially important as you get older. Uh, you don't want to try to figure out how to calculate that on your own. If you make a mistake, you can still um, be subject to that penalty. And as people get older, what happens to a lot of people? They become forgetful or al Alzheimer's kicks in. Yep, and generally if money goes into an annuity, we want it to be into a fixed indexed annuity because the principal is protected so you're not risking principal, not a variable annuity with a principle can go up and down in value. And you can also put it in mutual funds or bonds or stocks or things like that. You can't put it into life insurance or um, you know, artwork, collectible type of things. Um, so there are some things that you cannot uh, have an IRA uh, invested in. Uh, one thing that we haven't even mentioned is uh, we see a lot of people who have multiple 401ks um, or other qualified accounts and we do a lot of rollovers. And um, explain what a rollover means. You're taking it from a 401k into what? An IRA. Okay. So if you worked for a company and you no longer work for that company and you're still sitting with an old 401k account there, come see us. We'll show you how to get it out of there. Maybe you've got risk that you don't want. And we'll show you how to put it into an IRA account instead. And some people have, you know, four or five. Um, 401k accounts from multiple jobs over the years and some might be you know $80,000 and another one might be $2,000 and it's just confusing and complicated to get all these statements um, you also may not really understand what you're invested in 
So we can help you roll all of them over into one IRA account and you know explain in plain English what it's invested in. So we won't have enough time today to talk about all the 401k rules. Um, they can be as complicated as IRAs. You can put more money into a 401k than you can in an IRA account. Sometimes we tell people, do it. Yeah, we always tell people to match what the company is um, or, or contribute uh, what the company is matching, I should say, if you are able to. And some companies match a really high amount. I met with somebody last week, 12% was the match for the company and he was contributing eight. I said, if you can do it, work your way up to 12%. Oh, definitely. So as we wind down today and close today, we hope that you've learned something new or different about IRA accounts. Uh, do remember that we cannot be an expert at everything we do in life and let the experts at Lance Law Inc. and USA Wealth Group help you. It's real simple. Call and make an appointment. We'd be happy to sit down with you and show you how you can better protect your money and better protect your family. And most of all, we thank you so much for listening. And thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. A Roth conversion is a taxable event and may have several tax-related consequences. Be sure to consult with a qualified tax advisor before making any decisions regarding your IRA. Firm offers insurance services. USA Wealth Group, Inc. is an independent financial services firm that utilizes a variety of investment and insurance products. Investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through AE Wealth Management, LLC. AE Wealth Management and USA Wealth Group, Inc. are not affiliated companies. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Any references to protection, safety, or lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investments. Insurance guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims paying abilities of the issuing carrier. This radio show is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be used as the sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual's situation. USA Wealth Group Inc. is not permitted to offer, and no statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. Our firm is not affiliated with or endorsed by the U.S. government or any governmental agency. The information and opinions contained herein provided by third parties have been obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed by USA Wealth Group, Inc. USA Wealth Group, Inc. has a strategic partnership with tax professionals and attorneys who can provide legal advice. Lance Law, Inc. is not affiliated with USA Wealth Group, Inc. or AE Wealth Management. This radio show is a paid placement.